Hey guys, it's Renee from Throwing Down with Renee and Misha. On this episode, we discuss the way that women have to present themselves in sports. There's so many different things. Everyone wants to put you in a box. We talk about how to be yourself. And we also speak to the two-time AEW TNT champion, Scorpio Sky. It's a good one. We've been talking a lot about Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, what they did this weekend uh, for, for women in boxing. Um, we're going to continue talking about uh, about women in this space because one of the things that I mentioned earlier that I absolutely loved was WWE's involvement with this. Um, I'm not sure what the relationship was there entirely between WWE and DAZN. I'm sure that that was some kind of uh, Nick Khan uh, move, but I loved it. I thought it was really, really great um, to have uh, Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair out there uh, helping to promote the fight this weekend. It was really, really cool to see. Um, I, I love that pomp and circumstance, that pageantry mm-hmm. to just add that other yes. element to it. Loved that aspect of it. Um, but on the other side of things, um, there was an interview that recently just came out from uh, from Ember Moon. Um talking about what her experience was like in WWE and some of the things that she uh, had gone through on her way out. And I mean, I, you know, I worked really closely with Ember Moon um, quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, just through her career in ring to her, you know, when I was doing um, WWE backstage for, for Fox sports, she was one of the panelists on the show then to her being out with injury and trying to find her way back into the ring, trying to figure out what her move was going to be. Um, I mean, this woman lives and breathes pro wrestling. Um, and she got released. She ended up, you know, on the chopping block with WWE. I don't know if that, you know, more so related to her injuries or what. Um, but she recently did an interview where she was talking about um, just some of the issues that can kind of happen within wrestling of being told to look a certain way, to act a certain way. Um, I saw a lot of people like really getting upset about this too. Cause she, I think people misconstrued what she was saying as well, because she had said that, uh, you know, a lot of the I women mean, had that to sit never through. happens. Right? I know. Right. <laughs> Lo and behold, breaking news, something taken out of fucking context. Um, she was talking about how they were told in a meeting, a lot of the women to, to dress more like Mandy Rose who Misha for you to not, or someone that doesn't know Mandy Rose is like very sexy, like that's her thing. She is like this hot, sexy, shredded, long hair, crop tops, booty shorts, like the whole, the whole deal. She looks great and it works for her. And that is her gimmick. That's her deal. Um, and, I, you know, Ember was not throwing shade at Mandy Rose at all. It was more so the idea that every woman has to look that way as well. And that's what I find pretty shocking and I mean, trust me, I, I believe that this conversation happened. I believe that this meeting happened. I, I worked there for, for some time. I, it does not surprise me that that was a conversation that had happened uh, with some of the, the in-ring talent. Uh, it, it sucks because you see all these strides happening to see that it's not every woman has to be this cookie cutter mold of one of uh, somebody else that's successful. Let's make 10 of them and hope that that's going to be successful. Like that's not what the deal is we need to have different people that look a different way and wrestle a different way and and dress differently all those things um anyways that's enough of me talking about it let's hear what ember had to say in this interview to hear how she really broke it down we'd have to sit through stupid meetings about how we would have to dress sexy and i remember looking at someone i was like i cater to children (laughs) 
I am not about to wear fishnet booty butt cheek shorts because we had a two hour meeting about how to dress like Mandy Rose. That's not fair. Not everyone is going to be Mandy. Mandy is absolutely phenomenal and she is an amazing person, but not everyone is Mandy Rose. And that's like, I, I started seeing this downslope as soon as Hunter was gone. Interesting. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, you hear these these differences of some things that have happened um, since Hunter's departure from NXT. And, you know, knowing that NXT was Hunter's baby, he made that what it was. I think that, you know, especially the early successes of NXT and the things that they were able to accomplish there, a lot of that falls on the shoulders yeah. of Hunter's vision and what he wanted for the people. And, you know, Hunter especially was like he really had the women's back. Um, he had my back. He was one of the people that really helped me. Like I will always remember like one of my very early meetings of uh, being in WWE and I was trying to figure out what the what was going on. I had no idea. I had no yeah. idea what my role was within the company. I was just like there trying to figure it out. And I was at NXT um, and, you know, you're sitting in a production meeting and it's Hunter, it's Shawn Michaels, it's uh, Michael Hayes, like all uh, Dusty Roads uh, at the time. It was like it was the who was it intimidating. Who of, very where I'm like oh my yeah. god I don't belong in this room I can't be in this room with these people and I remember talking to Hunter and being like well okay so when you guys do this and you guys do that and blah 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 and he was like no this is a we you are a part of this team you work here this is a we this isn't a you guys and you don't have to look at us like that and that was just so early on in my career there um, and it really meant a lot for me to just feel welcomed and like not to feel like an outsider to all of this amazing work that was going into uh, into the product at the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously disheartening to hear that things are changing. You see this NXT 2.0 and there's new powers that be that are in charge at NXT that I guess are, you know, at the tippy top. And this is the, the direction that, that they're trying to send yeah. to everybody. And that sucks. It also sucks as a woman to be told hey, we want you to be sexy or hey, we want you to look like prototype X, Y, and Z. And again, this is no shade to Mandy Rose. Not only is Mandy Rose like a beautiful specimen, she's a great in-ring talent. She brings so much to the to the party. So I, I love Mandy Rose. No shade on her at all. Um, and I, that's not what Ember was saying either. Um, but it's just this idea that everyone needs to look the same way and, and be the same way. And it's so stupid. But uh, I guess there was also a report saying that these meetings were held in the guise of a fashion consulting and a fashion aid as a way to play up the fact that uh, women on the NXT brand were larger than life superstars. So, yes, that I get. But somebody like Ember, like this girl is larger than life. She's got like flaming red hair and wears red contacts. And like she's yeah. larger than she's, life. Yeah. She's already all those things. Have you, have you, is this something that, oh, I, I mean, I already know the answer to this, I think to a degree, but how much of this exists in the MMA world? Well, I certainly think that it exists. I know that there are definitely women who just generally don't like to wear makeup. You know, they maybe, you know, like Rose shaving her head. Yeah. She lost uh, sponsors because of that. Shut up. What? Yeah, like she she literally I mean, you can't go out and say like exactly like what happened, sure. you know, maybe but you know, you kind of connect the dots. Like maybe that's mm -hmm. not the reason that was She looks so cool. Not a lot of women can pull that look off. Slap a little right? respect on Rose's name. Yes. Completely, but like yes, like the branding that she had changed and and it wasn't the direction I think that some of the people that were currently working with her wanted to work with her over, you know. So it didn't you know, to me it was like read between the lines. They don't like it, yeah. right? They don't don't want to market yep. that anymore um 
And I remember one time early on in my career where I definitely think this is like well intended. It was from Frank Shamrock himself. I was fighting in Strike Force, and um, I had you know I designed my own outfits, um, and I would like have them you know sewn or or made or whatever. And I was fighting Zoila Frosto, and um, had this crop top kind of much similar as you can kind of see like what I'm wearing now where like the shoulders at least like were showing and then it was just kind of like right you know it stopped like uh this little crop top but um it obviously anytime that I show my my shoulders you you can tell like I'm I'm you know I'm I'm built like I was running through church the other day because I lost my phone and this guy was like hey how do you get that I'm like work out really hard. I was like, I gotta go find my phone. Sorry, I can't talk a little longer, you know, but like, but people notice it, right? I mean, it's like, you can't like a pie, you know, unless so, so I guess he, basically his suggestion for me was to not wear crop, like to not wear anything that would um, emphasize my muscular frame, like anything that would accentuate anything that could potentially be seen as more masculine um, and, and steer towards feminine, you know, like, like, wearing like the kind of cute little here's a nice like, flouncy little fucking dress yeah like like you know what i mean and it was like yeah. i i i know he meant well so it's certainly not yeah. trying to throw any shade his way or whatever but it it was funny to me and and i didn't listen um you know i was like look i, I think i'm girly enough but i've got to be who i am i also want that woman who's standing across the wings for me to be like fucking scared out of her mind like see my arms see what i have to offer like this is a time when we are literally going to punch each other in the face and I need to be intimidating <laughs> yeah. in some ways you know like let me show yeah, my it's muscles. not a time like, to be demure and like no yeah. like maybe the post fight party or something okay you know maybe I'll wear some cute black lacy sleeves that make me look like I have smaller arms or something you know but like, <laughs> I, I, I do fight, feel like no I do feel like that's like a shining example though of like I agree with you I don't feel like that is you know no no shame shade, or no yeah. shade and it was a long time ago fight. too yeah. so it certainly was or, like women's mma we still were fighting in the the small yes those less round ra- less minute round so there was some tiptoeing around trying to get the acceptance and i i guess i think his idea was like look you don't want to turn people off because if you are to act too much like a male you have to embrace your femininity. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. it just came across wrong. And uh, sure, I still wore what I wanted to wear. You know, I took the the input with a grain of salt. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. Well, There's thank God so that you times. did, though, because not a lot of people do that. Some people do feel like they really need to be steered in a cer- certain direction or they assume yeah. somebody, you know, somebody in power knows more than they do and have the experience. And oh, my gosh, they must they have the golden ticket that this is a thing that I need to do. And it can be very confusing when you've got you know five different people giving you feedback on what you should do how you should look how you should talk um but what I was going to say before is like I think that's a big thing as much as we can see women getting these better spotlights getting these main event fights um the resurgence you know in in boxing uh for for women and obviously you guys have been able to do in MMA and what's happened in pro wrestling but like we need more women at the top we need women in executive positions we need women in these producer roles because they are the ones that can understand more of where you're coming from on what you want to wear and how you want to look because they have walked in your shoes more than a man has and as much as a man can come in there with good intentions 
they just don't think the same way that women do. And, you know, I think being able to have other women to shed some light or even just to bounce ideas off of like, hey, does this look okay? Because, you know, the end of the day, you are still on TV. It still is this entertainment product. So I have no problem with putting the effort into those things. It's just like doing it in in the right light. Well, and and look, let this just, you know – make an understanding that there 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 needs to be room for individuality right mm-hmm. i think that mm-hmm. sometimes some guys not all any of our male listeners we love any of you who are you know pushing and elevating so you know take this with a grain of salt because obviously not every guy is like this but there have definitely been a lot of hurdles that we've had to jump through because of the guys that are that try to put yeah. you in a box and try to say this is how you have to be oh this gosh. is how you have to dress this is how this is how it works and mm-hmm. nobody is going to see change if we don't start to say like, well, maybe like let them see how it works. Like instead of putting the box and, and saying you have to do it like this, cause this is the way it's always been done. Like, let us have our personalities. Let us have our individuality. God, I... Some are going to want to wear the makeup. Some are not. Some are going to want to have short hair. Yep. Some are not like the world. And, and if you have kids, like it's, it's also just, like, not that big of a fucking deal. You yeah, know, like just like let it's... the individuality show out. Like you're going to want your children to be the best version of themselves someday, mm-hmm. male or female, like you, mom or dad, whatever. You're going to want that for your kids. Like, so, you know, start it now, start it in the workplace now. So those women can be the role models. And I, I love, I think that is something fun that I, I, I enjoy about um, pro wrestling now as I get more into it is seeing that there's a lot more diversity. And I understand it wasn't that yeah. way all the time. It certainly no. wasn't that way all the time. There was a look, you know, when it was not you know, even in like my time. Like and I, the, yeah, and it was like, just like I've you had seen to it be. change. You, and you now, had like, to, like, there like was Thunder even Rosa, like, like for instance, you know, totally. like she's look at fantastic. what she's been able to do, and she's inspired. You know, I, I, like, at one I, like, point, I like I heard rumblings that at one point, like the women would, would like when they were like still like in the divas era. Um, they would have to get checked to make sure their nail polish wasn't chipped. You couldn't show up to the building in a certain outfit. You couldn't travel in a certain outfit. That I mean, the traveling in certain outfits, that applied to men and the women. Um, but there really was this precedent of like, you have to show up a certain way or maybe you're not going to get booked. You might not be on the show. You, Which is you know, there so was funny criteria because I know at that met. time that the money was like almost non-existent for those women. That's what's so hilarious. Like, okay, if you're gonna do all those things and we, and the women have to be perfect and all this stuff, if you're paying them millions and millions of dollars, you might have a leg to stand on. Sure. You know, like millions and millions. Maybe, okay, I'll make sure my, you know, I have, you know, the look and, you know, whatever that look is, individuality. I'll go get my spray tan. Sure, yeah, yeah, whatever the thing is, you know, um, whatever the shtick is. But, like, to over, like, just to make things difficult, that's what it feels like. Sometimes it's just there to, like, make things difficult. It's like, what purpose are you actually serving right now? Yeah, it's like almost like you're justifying having a job to be like, well, I'm the guy that makes sure the nails are done and I make sure your hair is brushed. It's like, oh, fuck (laughs) off. Out of here. But like, I, I remember like when, when I first started, um, in WWE, I mean, I was really, I really felt like I was having like an identity crisis. Cause I've got there and they're like, you have to wear your hair in a ponytail. And I was like, okay, what? Okay, sure. Uh, I, I had no idea, but I was like, that. I well, it was just so, I, but like at the same time, it, 
No. Like, don't. I'm like, but I was like, I guess they ears. know better. I don't have big ears. No, thank you. <laughs> so I was like under the impression of like, yeah, okay, I guess they know better. They want my hair up for whatever reason. I don't know if it was to separate me, to make me look more professional and that I didn't look like I was one of the wrestlers to then being like, we want, you know, wear a blazer, wear this like newsy sheath dress. Like I remember one of my bosses at one point who no longer works for the company, but he was really just wanting me in like these really plain fucking ugly like morning news dresses and I was like absolutely not um I love fashion I love fashion I want it loud I want it to be fun I want it to represent my personality and I like that's what I love about fashion it represents who you are but anyways I mean yeah it was a bit of a battle but I feel like I got there and that being said I mean we're all learning so as yeah. much as there were these people trying to tell me you have to look like this and you have to do this, once we all got on the same page, it was like, okay, now we understand and we get it. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, the, it's you know, when you're the first person kind of in there doing something, yeah. you have to be that that's, guinea pig. That's the best part about being the guinea pig, though, is seeing the change. Yes. Oh my seeing God, absolutely. Change. How yeah, far Very we gratifying. Come. How, mm-hmm. how many different looks and personalities and the overall acceptance for, yeah. um, you know, the individuality and that we don't all have to be in a box or a mold, which is, which is great. You know, it's so great. Alike, it's so good. Hey everybody, this is Lindsay Rhodes. And with the NFL playoffs underway, what better time than now to check out my podcast, the NFL road show. We're going to break down the biggest games, key players, every angle in between with guests that go past the low hanging fruit and get to what you really need to know. We'll have new episodes every Monday and Thursday all the way through Super Bowl 56 in my hometown of Los Angeles. So please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included with most subscriptions. He is here. He's in the hot seat. It is your TNT champion, Scorpio Sky. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. How does it yeah. feel to have your baby back? Two-time TNT champ. Yeah, two times. It's uh, really an honor, you know. Uh, just to win it one time is, is incredible, you know. Um, I know, you know, people look at professional wrestling and a lot of, you know, things that sometimes people think wins and losses and things like that don't matter. But in AEW, from the very beginning, they wanted to make a statement that wins and losses do matter. Mm-hmm. And uh, there haven't been a lot of people that have held championships. And so to be able uh, to, you know, have the honor of being a champion, not only one time, but two times, and actually three times as a tag team champion, uh, yeah. it, it is exactly what I said it was, is an honor. Look at you just cleaning up championships on championships. <laughs> You're going to, you got to decorate that wall behind you. Start putting oh, them yeah. up. <laughs> this is my soon to be office. I uh, moved into this house over the summer and, and it's just been a very slow process of getting everything set Look, up. But, we're uh, all busy. We got honestly, it. <laughs> who's got, who's got time for decorating? Good God. Um, so uh, talk to me about Sammy Guevara and him uh, as an opponent in the match that you guys had uh, for you to regain this championship. I mean, to go into this ladder match. Ladder matches look like they are a rotten time. How are you feeling? <laughs> I feel okay now. You know, the first few days after, I was definitely, uh, you know, wondering why I signed up for a ladder match. But, uh, <laughs> you know, to answer your question, Sammy Guevara is – in all honesty, you know, rivalry aside, he's an incredible performer. He always goes out and puts on a great show for the fans and he does not care about his body. He always uh, does something crazy and he's always wanting to top himself. So he's the type of guy you want to be in a ladder match against. 
especially since his main concern is always crashing and burning. And so you, you can just assist with that. You can do the crashing, burning. I'll do the winning. Everything works out for the two of us. Yeah, it. you guys are it. you guys are nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you feel like you're getting a little more love from the fans? Like since since uh, taking on a little bit more of that face role, maybe against Sammy. How are you feeling? You know, uh, I'm someone that um, I'm no spring chicken. I've been doing this for a long time, and a theme across my entire career has kind of been not getting the credit that I feel I deserve. You know, I, I used to yeah. be called on the independent circuit. I used to be called the best kept secret in wrestling. And, and um, you know, there's been many times where I'm like, the secret's out now. And, but, you know, really it, it, it's still kind of, I feel like I fly under the radar sometimes. And so to have these moments on television where I can, uh, you know, win championships, win big matches, put on yeah. great matches, that's the type of things I need and the things I look forward to doing going forward for the next several years. Why do you think that is for you to fly under the radar? Like that really is quite mind boggling when like you're a handsome man, you're a hell of a wrestler, you're great on the mic. Like I don't understand how somebody like you could be considered under the radar. What do you, what do you think that's about? Are you in the managing don't. business? I don't know. Maybe maybe I don't have the right. <laughs> Listen, like, maybe if you if you be bold, I want to be a mouthpiece to her too. <laughs> Listen, John. John doesn't me. need me. I'll come out with you. No problem. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, Dan <laughs> might be a little. A little feel a little left out, but. Uh, Listen, Dan's yeah. booked and busy. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I really, honestly, I couldn't tell you. Um, I, I've had my moments as well, but, you know, I really, really had to grind just to get to the top. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost 20 in here. I started when I was wow. a teenager. Um, yeah. And I really, like, didn't, like, start getting to a point where I was really getting any type of recognition until 14, 15 years in. You know, I really had to yeah. grind and have a lot of doors slammed in my face uh, until, and, and I just didn't give up and I kept working at it. And that's, how I'm going to approach everything here. You know, eventually I will get to a point where people will wake up. I might be done by that time, but people will wake up and they'll look up and they'll say, man, he had actually a really great career and, and gave us some beautiful moments. How much credit can you give to, uh, to Tony Khan? And when you look at the roster over at AEW and you look at guys like yourself, you look at guys like having a Brian Danielson there, having Dustin Rhodes, having Samoa Joe, uh, you know, to, to the younger talent that's in there, like a Sammy Guevara, to, to an MJF, for his vision on talent and the guys that he really wants, and the women, of course, as well, that, that he really wants to, to nurture. He's kind of a mad genius. <laughs> if, you, if you've ever like you know anyone that's talked to him or heard him talk will know what I mean like, yeah. like a mad genius. Yeah. his mind is always just like and it's like it's all uh -huh. over the place but when if you listen to him enough things circle back and it, it makes a lot of sense everything he says and I think that a lot of uh, that plays into how he runs AEW it, it, there's no mistake that this is where so many people want to be. You've seen so many people from other companies cross over to our company. And then also you see Mike Tyson and you see Paige Van Zandt and you see yeah. these celebrities coming over and wanting to, to get involved as well. So You got Snoop uh, Dogg taking part. a dive from the top rope. What? <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, Shaq as well, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah. Give Misha over there sometime, you know. Be, uh, Listen, I've been trying. So if you want to jump on this, please. <laughs> yes, get tech, over tech there. team over here. Because, um, I mean, I would say never, but it would definitely have to, like, fall in my lap or something like that. Because I, I don't know. Like, I'm still so focused on fighting and we'll have to see. And I just feel like it's very out of my element. But All so I'm let me ask you. Oh, okay. Go ahead. No, like, I was just going to say, let me ask you then, like, what is it like working with Dan Lambert? And mostly I'm curious about, like, Paige, you know, because if I were to follow in somebody's footsteps, I think it would probably be, like, Paige, you know, kind of coming over. I think she'll, um, you know, she just she just has a lot of things that I feel like I could resonate with and coming from the MMA world. Um, but, so what do you think of it? What do you think of, what do you make of her and what's it like working with her and Dan? Um, well, I'll start with Dan. Uh, Dan is a lifelong wrestling fan and it shows, uh, he's really, really good at what he does. He's great at pissing people off. He's really creative <laughs> with his interviews. And, um, it, he just, I feel like this is something he's wanted to do for a long time. I don't know if everyone knows this, but he has like over a hundred ring used wrestling championship belts. Yeah. And, and we knew that. Yeah, yeah. You guys that know him know, uh, yeah. he, he loves the business. And then Paige, She's so new, but she's picking up on it so fast. Uh, from the very beginning, the, when she came a few times with Austin and, and, and Dan and the others, uh, I kind of watched some of the things and more so the mannerisms and paying attention to the crowd and, and that sort of thing that uh, she was just naturally doing. And, and I was uh, adamant. I, I kept pushing to Dan. I was like, you got to get her here. She's good. She, she can yeah, do this. Yeah. And um uh, it's it's I think she's going to pick up on it really quickly. And, and from what I heard, she is she's training with Gangrel, who's who's fantastic. Um, but you can't teach personality. You can't teach charisma. Um, you can't teach star power. And that's something that she already brings to the table. And she's an incredible athlete, a badass, um, you know, and, and I think she'll pick up on the wrestling part very quickly. And, um, you know, it's going to be great for AEW. We've got another star. Riddle me this. I've got a question. Okay, so you've been in the game for quite some time. You've seen some things. You've done some things. You've been around a ton of people. If you were to have your own promotion and you are drafting, say, your five big stars, who are you drafting? Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get me in trouble. (laughs) I know. Sorry. (laughs) Um. Is this all time or in the world currently? Currently, today currently oh. today. Someone, you know what? Let's like narrow it down to like the future. Who do you see as like your five young stars that you would like to take under your wing that you see being those guys to main event pay-per-views to, to carry a, a company on their shoulders? Obviously jungle boy. He's um, mm-hmm. in his early twenties and has an amazing look and he's a, he's an athlete and he loves wrestling. And so he's going to pick up on it or on everything. Not that he hasn't already. Uh, he's going to grow and get better with time. And, you know, with his age, he's going to be in the business. Hopefully, you know, obviously he stays healthy for 15, 20 more years. So yeah. he's a guy I would definitely like to um, uh, take. If I was drafting a, a team, I think Will Hobbs has a lot of upside uh, yeah. he's big, he's rough, he's strong, he's got a good attitude, a good look. Uh, so he's a he's a guy that I would really like to build around as well. Um, mm, so tough. Uh, MJF, I, I guess, but I really like him. <laughs> that <laughs> bastard. 
I don't really like him that much. So, I mean, there's just so many talented people, even just in AEW that, and, and I know. that's one of the cool things is we've got like a broad, like such a spectrum. We've got people that have been in the business for 20 or 30 years, like Jericho and Christopher Daniels. They still yeah. have a lot left in the tank. And then we've got the sky blues and the Darius Martins and, and, uh, you know, Dante Martins are the people that are in like their early, early twenties that have so many years ahead of them. It's great. Oh, to be young again. <sighs> <laughs> what do you want to do as champion this time around? Second time around as TNT champion. Uh, how do you want to see this run go? I didn't get to do too much in my first run. I lost the title in like 31 days. Only had one title defense, unfortunately, but I did re gained the championship in the shortest period of time in AEW history, 12 days. So now we've got a new start. So the first thing I want to do is hold on to it for at least 32 days uh, and top <laughs> myself. <laughs> but no, really, I want to have some some classics. Uh, I grew up a diehard, passionate wrestling fan that dreamt of winning championships and having classic matches. So if I can run with this title for six months, a year or longer and, and really get in the ring with everyone and have some memorable championship matches that I used to like watching when I grew up. That was the goal and telling stories. Uh, most of all, above everything else, I want to tell stories and uh, because that's what people will remember. And that's what, um, that's how you leave your mark. Who were your guys growing up? Bret Hart before anything else, die hard Bret Hart fan. He was, is, and will always be my favorite wrestler. I uh, loved Kurt Angle, loved uh, Shawn Michaels, loved Ric Flair, the Midnight Express, um, a lot of workhorses. And that kind of yeah. plays into my style. I really, really liked the workhorse type wrestlers. And even going back watching film like Nick Bockwinkle, those types of guys. Uh, just, yeah. You know, I, I'm a student of it and um, just grew up watching as much wrestling as I possibly could. Your time to shine. Yeah. Um, the New Japan show, Forbidden Door. Um, who do you want to face over there? Man, anybody. All, all those guys are good. Um, you know, I, someone asked me that question backstage and a few weeks ago, and I was just like, uh, yeah, the real question is who wants to face me? Now, I'm oh, the champ. Yes. They should, you are the my, champ. My ground. So, uh, yeah, anybody that wants it, they can get it. I'm the can man. Yeah, let them come to you. <laughs> let them come to me. What can we expect this Wednesday on Dynamite? Wednesday on Dynamite, American Top Team, Men of the Year. We're going to come out. We're going to celebrate the uh, TNT Championship win. I'm sure Dan, who has a, a history with Baltimore, will have a few things that uh, he'd like oh, to uh, talk about. <laughs> uh, and that should be a lot of fun as well. And uh, I'll be looking forward to getting in the ring and defending the title soon. Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much for jumping on here with us. Uh, looking forward to this run with the TNT Championship. We're, we're looking to exceed mm -hmm. those 31 days. We'll get to 32 at a bare minimum. Uh, but, dude, you're an absolute star. Uh, I, I can't wait to see uh, what, what the future holds for you in AEW. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm a big fan of both of you guys. And, and Misha, going back to what I said before, if there's anyone that could use, like, a rear naked choke, in AEW, it's Ty Conti. This woman here needs you to come in, and 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 I know Paige Paige is handling it as well. She's doing a great job, but I would just love to see you choke her out. That'd be 
fantastic. So that is my uh, invite. Please come. Okay. I will keep it in mind. Thank you so much. If I do, I'm probably going to be picking your brain a little bit on how to, how to, how to do this. Cause yeah. Uh, well, you know, I'm a rookie. You got it. Take care. <laughs> be good. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Throwing Down with Renee and Misha is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound designed by Nari Balin. Special thanks to Sirius XM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and Sirius XM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts.